So this is uh, Web3 Whispers with uh, Matthias and Steve. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we nailed it. That was our first one. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna figure that one. We're gonna figure that one out. Make it a little bit smoother next time. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. That's that's a fun part of doing the pod. Like just kind mm-hmm. of randomly stumble through shit, and then and then yeah. it's good. You know, we got to keep you guys on your toes. We're never gonna do the same intro twice. Yeah, we might change the name again. So it's always fun. Oh, true. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't noticed, we changed the podcast name. We've uh, transitioned from crypto and coffee to Web three whispers. Another fun little alliteration. <laughs> we might even add a little uh interesting intro music as well everybody will recognize little george michael yeah and hopefully you guys get the play on words and we don't just seem like idiots <laughs> seem weird yeah like, weird music they have going on exactly oh, um good. the so matthias and i were on a call today with a uh, a cool web3 platform bubble world matthias you want to talk a little bit about them yeah, so we actually are going to be partnering with Bubble World to get some whitelist. We got some whitelist for our community at Shogun World, a uh, Shogun War. Um, maybe we'll change the Shogun World now with the yeah, just uh, changing all the names. With, yeah, we're changing everything <laughs> up. Well, they're they're really interesting. I actually, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm going to be investing with them. They're amazing. I, I plan on minting, um, but they kind of the take away the short version of what they do for me. I know they have a different take on it, but for me, it's basically an easy way for a lot of web two or um, institutional um, personalities and different stuff like that to actually bridge over to web three. So it, it's a nice, easy platform, kind of like a, a white glove service for a lot of different influencers and celebrities and, and big, even web three projects as well to launch on their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll post the info deck for sure in the, in the chat and stuff sometime here, but um I mean, they have a ton of good investors. You got to check out the info, but uh, I'll let you know what a few of the investors are here. They got, uh, I know they got Pharrell, Post Malone. David um, Guetta. I David, think Steve, oh, yeah. Steve Aoki. I know people were memeing like Steve Aoki's the top, but um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. I saw that. Like, why is that? Like, it's not actually really accurate, but it's pretty funny though. Yeah. I heard um, him. He did like a, he did an interview and he was like, yeah, everyone's been memeing me about buying at the top. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, <laughs> I feel so bad for the guy. Yeah. It's so, some of these guys are just, you know, like some, I mean, when you're rich or whatever, like you don't really care too much. I mean, there's two people I think that don't care if they buy the top. If you're really wealthy or you have high conviction, like 100% conviction that this is the, and you're willing to hold for the next 10 years. Yeah. And it's funny too, because, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because I think Steve Aoki is like, at least he, we know for one, he is rich, but we, he, his explanation was like conviction. Basically, he was basically just saying like, you know, I believe in the projects that I'm investing in. So I'm not really waiting for the price to drop because I don't think they will, which, Mm -hmm. you know, uh i mean those are just words he might actually believe that he might not but like that's true i mean that's the type of person that doesn't really care where they buy it and that because they they know that the or at least they believe that the project's gonna be going up yeah exactly and i think everybody has to have that kind of conviction um you know like if you're in web3 it's very hard to kind of stick around without like a a high level of conviction because it's just so (laughs) risky and yeah exactly it gets a little crazy yeah Um, yeah but anyways, on the on the on the note of Bubble World, guys, uh, they gave us some. I don't know if you already mentioned this, Matthias, but they they gave mm-hmm. us some with Shogun Wars, Matthias mentioned, and uh, we're going to be doing a whitelist uh, spot giveaway at the end of the podcast. So we're going to ask a question at the end of the podcast, and when I post the thread with the link to the podcast episode, give it a listen. At the end of the podcast, it'll be a question. Uh, retweet the 
retweet the Twitter post and answer the question in the comments and you guys will be entered into the raffle. Perfect. I don't yeah. know if I did a great job of explaining that simply, but hopefully the people listening to this can. Uh, <laughs> I think people will figure it out. They'll, they'll yeah, I can decrypt what I was like, saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm speaking in Da Vinci Code language. Like I need to, I need to probably be a little bit. It's more another succinct. layer to it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's, it's good. Make exactly. people really work for the whitelist, and and I think yeah. we're gonna have some in the Discord as well, and we're gonna do an AMA with them, so people will get a little bit. You might even want to win the whitelist and then figure out what it is, because you can always mint or not mint. It's all you know up to you, but. Yeah. Um, you want to get on the whitelist first and then figure out if you want it. <laughs> and that's our that's our plan too going forward. Uh, we have a lot of, I mean, I guess probably now I can name them. I mean, we have, yeah. we're going to be speaking to Thales on Thursday, Abacus on Wednesday. I think you guys, if you listen to the first episode, you'd recognize the names. We talked about Thales, the parimutuel markets uh, platform, and we talked about Abacus. It's kind of a string of DeFi uh, platforms. I think the one that stood out the most to me was their valuations. Um, and so we're going to be speaking to both of them this week. We're in the talks with some other projects. So we're going to, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of stuff going on. I think we even have bubble world coming on for a podcast too. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be really fun. I was, I was going to say the one we have that I'm actually really excited, except for all of them I'm excited for, but, um, JPEG, uh, actually just released something. We're trying to get them on as well. I know they're super busy. So yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, it should be really cool. I think it's a little bit of a sleeper project. I mean, I know it's popular because Tetranode's uh, an advisor, mm -hmm. but I think people are still sleeping on it a little bit. Like, the, there, there's kind of two phases to it, too. I'll, I'll just go into a real quick, like, yeah, go into it. But basically, it's a lending platform for NFTs, right? Right. So they have that. they have their mechanism, and it's interesting, an interesting mechanism, but it's a little different than than the others. And they have some like price oracles. They're basically using oracles to to make sure the prices. It's mm -hmm. good. And you can, I think you can borrow up to, I think, 33% against the floor price of your, your JPEG. Um, and I think it's going to be uh, Punks first, and then it's going to be Apes. And then it's actually, I think, going to go Azuki's, which is no way. nice to see. Yeah. That's awesome. It's going to be Azuki's, and then Clonex, and then I think a few others. I think Mutant Apes after that. Have they, um, have they said anything about rates? Yeah. So it's going to be a 2% um, interest rate. Oh, not um, bad. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, less than you'd bad. be paying on the street. Some of them are like 25%. It's it's ridiculous. But um, the interesting side that I think a lot of people sleep on is the the uh, the JPEG cards. Right, have you heard of these? Mm -mm. No, that's all new. So this is like they have a, a JPEG. Uh, so they have NFTs that mm -hmm. basically are kind of like funny memes and stuff like that. Um, but you can stake it to the protocol and you get 1% of uh, the total supply. 1%, uh, I think is the 1% of total supply um, every month to that card per card. No way. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. I mean, and then there's actually another function where if it's a cigarette one or whatever, it's just some rarity trait. Mm -hmm. um, you stake it and if you borrow, it increases your limit. So you can borrow now like up to 40% of the That's value. That's pretty cool. We're starting to yeah. see a little bit of that uh unlocking of the liquidity like you were talking about in the last episode yeah i really do think that's probably going to be the the catalyst for the next like leg up you know if we don't yeah. get totally smashed by the fed it'll be interesting to see how complicated the the nft market gets after um nft loans start to become more popular because you know there's there's even though that seems already complex in itself i feel like the market can make that much more uh deep and complex as well i mean you, you might start seeing like people lending nfts those people lending nfts borrowing nfts like kind of what we were talking about like securities lending could end up mm -hmm. being something like that yeah i think it'll be really interesting because i think 
they'll make it simple. So people are just like, oh, okay, like I can just, I see an opportunity, you know, there's a mint coming, I've got this ape, um, I'm going to get, you know, I'm not even going to get close to my 30% ceiling, just in case it drops, you know, I'll get 10 ETH or whatever, just go mm -hmm. mint that, flip it, boom. And that will actually give a lot more velocity to the to the market. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, those guys are going to be in and out real quick. And some people will lose their JPEG and then it's like, okay, well, you got an ape for, you know, putting your money in there. <laughs> yeah, and a year down the line, kind of seeing what other NFTs they're um, bringing into the lending platform too will be interesting because, the you know, the, the bigger and bigger the supply that they're allowing for lending, I think, you know, the more and more liquidity we're going to see being unlocked. And then the more and more liquidity there is, obviously, you know, assuming all things equal, that a lot more volume yeah for sure oh and that's one they're gonna actually have moonbirds as well oh awesome oh, oh yeah yeah go moonbirds yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i know if, if unfortunately i'm salty about moonbirds because i missed out and i was like no way it keeps going and just i fudded i faded the moonbirds and i have to pay for it now fudded and faded Fudded <laughs> and faded it <laughs> <laughs> well anyways uh if you do you want to get into the first article or do you want me to start how do you want to do this yeah go for it Okay, cool. Um, so one of the things I was reading, you know, first I started off just reading a couple articles and then uh, actually Rajan sent out, sent me this link with a bunch of different mind maps um, that were generated from some of the most popular NFT tweets. Um, and one of the mind maps that stood out to me, and I, I think it's cool. I mean, I think every podcast we do, we definitely should do a couple of specific things, but we should also do a couple of general things too, like, you know, kind of ideas, things that are a little bit less uh, formed, like how we talked about founder mental health in the first episode. Um, I think in this one, the the one mind map that kind of stood out to me that kind of gives us that same sort of uh, theme is 18 lessons from crypto. And I'm not going to go down every single lesson because that would just be very time consuming <laughs> um, and not fun for me or you guys. But <laughs> there's a couple that stood out to me. Um, so probably a good way to start off the podcast with something a little general, and then we could work our way down to the specifics. But um, so these are, it's an important note that all of these are conservative lessons. So they obviously don't fit everyone's mold. But uh, if you're looking for a safety in the space, they're definitely helpful because NFTs, NFTs and crypto in general, the Web3 space, everything moves so quickly. Um, and I think specifically, if you're getting all of your information from Twitter or Discord, it is a lot of clutter to kind of try to compartmentalize. Uh, and yeah. so these were just some helpful tips that they talked about. So, oh, I was what gonna say too, like mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I just thought of the. Um, I think I saw like a Twitter post by Hentai Senpai the other day that. Yeah, he's on there. Like, an you try to say that name as quick as possible. As quick as possible. I don't know. We're gonna get like bleep. We don't want to get you know <laughs> taken down for all these ones. Um, but uh, he he was actually saying like he has like a you know he's trained himself through through uh, trauma. But um, to basically think about your your NFT or your um, he doesn't do NFTs, but if you could think of this like think of your NFT or your uh, tokens going down in value mm -hmm. are you happy that now you can get in a better entry you can like dollar cost average down mm -hmm. or do you start getting like oh you know this is bad it could go to zero like do you start getting nervous mm -hmm. then you're probably over allocated yeah there's it's it's funny i mean that actually touches on one of the points um mm. it's if you're getting euphoric about a position it's time to sell which like i said these are all pretty conservative bullets like I think a lot of people were getting euphoric about Moonbirds day after, uh, and if they had yeah. sold, they probably would have had some some FOMO and and definitely regretted it. 
but I think it is. I think taking your profits is definitely an important note. Like until you actually sell something, you, you haven't made any money, you know, it's all unrealized. Mm. And so I think to a certain extent, it definitely depends on the NFT, the, the volume of um, the volume of attention that they're getting, you know, the the momentum that the NFT has in terms of price increases. But I do, I do think that it's important to kind of self-reflect. I think a lot of people are just moving so quickly in the Web3 space that they don't ever really think about their investments. Um, and so I thought that point was was good. I mean, if you're if you are looking at your NFT and you're like, man, I, I can't believe how high the price has gone. Like this is insane. It, you know, it's quadrupled in in two days. Like I, yeah. I never would have seen this coming. Like maybe it's time to kind of start considering taking some profit out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think too, like these will definitely be compartmentalized to like different demographics or different um like bag sizes you know what i mean like yeah exactly that's the thing it's like like, i said i mean it's all very like all of these points are very conservative but i think if someone's looking for some safety like if they feel very uneasy about their investments these are some points that might be helpful to kind of um help them consider too for sure yeah Yeah, exactly i think a lot of these guys like if you're like a degen or you're trying to hustle to get like you know make a six-figure bag or whatever you know seven-figure bag or Mm -hmm. five-figure bag whatever whatever kind of it is um then you're probably in the camp that should be taking profits and making sure that it's kind of worked into your your ideas and your formulas and like Mm -hmm. you know you're you're looking at this kind of stuff but you know if you look at it from like a vc standpoint a lot of these guys their kind of worst nightmare is like missing the hundred X cause you took the 10 X or yeah. the 15 or whatever it is like missing the, you know, you got to let your winners ride and stuff like that. But that's, you know, those guys probably don't need advice either. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, that's another, probably. that's another type of investor too. Mm-hmm. If you're uninformed, it's probably time to sell because you, you, you know, you don't have the same volume of information. You haven't done the same volume of research as someone that has, much more capital, much more means, you know, maybe a lot of people working on their team. Um, and yeah. so it's kind of time to think about whether or not you're going to sell. But um, another mm-hmm. one too is uh, business case. If you can't explain in two sentences where the yield in the DeFi platform you're in comes from, you are the source of yield, which I thought was uh, kind of punchy too. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Magic. Yeah. yeah it just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that one was cool. Um, and then other one was twi- Twitter as a means for feedback rather than confirmation bias, which mm. I think is uh, definitely thematic given what I've said. Like a-, a lot of times when you're on Twitter, there's so much going on. You know, th- one of the other points too is like following the right people. Cause if you don't follow the right people, there is an information asymmetry. Um, mm-hmm. And that information asymmetry is, is extremely high in Twitter. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have to follow the right people, um, because that's where you're, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're, no, you're good. Go ahead, Matthias. I I was just going to say like, I mean, that it's, that brings me back to, that makes me totally think about like the other thing we were going to say about like, if you're VC or you're a sophisticated investor, Mm -hmm. like these guys have information asymmetry, like they can ping, you know, the founder and be like, Hey, you know, what are you guys rolling out something soon? Or, you know, like, is there bullish news? Like they can kind of do that as retail you're really not going to be able to do that exactly um, and then the other thing that maybe you could talk about a little bit too is like they have ways to hedge that are probably not open to like retail or um that kind of stuff i think a lot of people just don't know how to do it they're just buying spot and hoping it goes up yeah i mean that's the th- it's kind of like if if we're going to talk about hedging a little bit like one example would be like using thales or like a parimutuel market as a means to hedge mm-hmm. right like if you have a big position in a coin 
um, say for instance, like Ethereum, if you have a big position in Ethereum, right? Like, and you're long, so meaning you're going to hold it for, you know, at least a year, you, you know, that you, you are confident that the price is going to keep going up. Then a way to hedge that would be entering a paramutual market, like doing betting that the coin is going to go down. Um, and basically, you know, your potential for gains is a lot smaller, but so is your potential for loss. So essentially what you're doing is you're minimizing your loss potential and you're minimizing your gain potential. Um, yeah. And so that's just one way to hedge. I mean, there's obviously much more complicated ways to hedge. And I'm sure that a lot of the VCs and, you know, Web3 funds are, 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 are hedging all of their investments because this is, you know, investors money that they're playing with. So it's important yeah, um, to sure. know but they also like you said they have much more they have a they have a much larger access to information they have a lot more resources working under them at the end of the day most of the people the the highest volume per capita of, of investors are going to be you know just one guy behind a keyboard it's not going to be like a team of guys behind you know many keyboards so i think yeah, exactly. for a lot of yeah for a lot of us it's just decluttering the information that we're getting when we're when we're on twitter because mm -hmm. i mean I'd say, you know, this is just a random number, but at least like 80% of the people that you're seeing tweeting about a certain NFT or a certain coin hold that NFT or that coin. So immediately they're biased. <laughs> it's probably a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 at least, you know, these guys. Yeah, it's much, it's yeah. much. And the, the thing is too, like if someone holds something, that's also good proof that they believe in it, but it also mm -hmm. could be proof that they're worried about it. So they're trying to get that news out so that people start buying. You could just be exit liquidity. I mean, that is the problem with a lot of these. They kind of cut both ways, mm -hmm. you know, um, like there was an example with Alameda. They bought, you know, something that like, okay, we all know VCs are, you know, uh, you know, better, faster, stronger, you know, whatever, they're richer and everything. But something that they were doing was basically they used a bot to get the whole um, the whole amount in the IDO mm -hmm. or the IPO or whatever the of the coin. Um and then they basically staked that and then took the staking rewards when we're just constantly selling basically Jesus. until they recoup their whole position. And now it's, it's like free money. It's like a free ride. Yeah. And they were crazy. already at a 25 cent, you know, uh, price point getting mm -hmm. in. So their, their 25 cent entry is now zero. And, exactly. And, and uh, everyone else is like, damn, why is this coin going down all the time? Like, <laughs> So something to think about. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And in, and the last point that I want to touch on too, which I mean, just from speaking to you, Matthias, it seems like even mm -hmm. if you're not writing it down, it seems like you kind of do this mentally is you want to have an investment thesis before you buy, you know, do your research. Yeah. A, a lot of people, we meme research, I think a lot in Web3, <laughs> like the average ape is not, uh, it's not doing their research. Obviously, like the, the extent of the research is going on Twitter and seeing who's tweeting what. Mm -hmm. But I think it is important to at least understand the things that I look at when I when I look at an investment, especially within the Web3 space, like the easiest thing the team is and then through who the team is, you can see like what projects they've worked on, if they've worked on projects before, et cetera. The community, you know, who is who is focused on this NFT? How active is the community? Does it seem like there's a lot of people that want to hold? Does it seem like there's a lot of people that want this thing to grow over time, not immediately like paper hands? um mm -hmm. and then obviously like you have access to the the quality of the nft and and i'm not speaking like to art but um i think like whether or not they're working in a niche space or if they're doing something that's already been done before yeah i think we could even break down some of these or give a few examples and stuff like that like like on the team if you're looking at team and and what they've done before mm -hmm. you really want to see if it's something in their wheelhouse too yep exactly if, it's if it's something they can pull off you know what i mean like if they're mm -hmm. 
like Kevin Rose and stuff like that. He's in the Web three space. You know, was Web two you know, early on, so obviously there's some vision there. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he's a good, probably the best case for this kind of stuff. Uh, active in Web three before had a project before having a project like you know very prominent. So he's he's going to be well known. You know, easy to unlock a lot of doors. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, now, if he did something like, you know, a restaurant or something, you probably wouldn't want to bet on him. He might still pull it off. Yeah. But it's just exactly. not in his wheelhouse. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is I think the, the ethos of the team really drives that kind of, kind of starting momentum. Um, I mean, if Kevin Rose had just been like a waiter at like X, Y, or Z restaurant and he decided to start up Moonbirds and there wasn't as many big names that were working on the project, like, I don't think it would have had as high of a floor price as um, mm-hmm. And... I think that's important because obviously like if you have a, a team of no names, which like any good team has to start somewhere, obviously. So like it could still be a great team, but I think that's a first check for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what we know, like as, as founders and stuff like that, like we know going into it that you basically have to prove yourself. Exactly. So you're, yeah, it's like your um, your margin for error is much, much smaller and people will get scared much faster. Like if your floor starts dropping, it's still you you have to be much more wary of it you gotta like yeah so he probably has a lot more room for error Mm -hmm. that being said i mean the floor dropped from like 40 to like 36 or 32 or something like that and then he announced like there was like a coin coming out yeah and then that popped it back up and so i mean there's still tricks you can do even when you're you know like top of your game but um it's something to keep in mind that a lot of it's momentum driven Mm -hmm. um and that, and I have an article on that that we could go into, but I, I did want to actually break down. Um, so we had team, like, and then also community, uh, community, and then I want to touch on Twitter, but we could jump into community too, because my take on the community too is that you really want a foundation where people enjoy being there despite anything going on. Mm-hmm. Like, do people actually hang out there? Do they, or do they just type GM and they're like, when, when whitelist? You know, are we, is any new news? And somebody is like, no. And then they just like leave forever. And like leave right. again for another month, you know? Yeah. And the research exercise shouldn't be like a two minute thing. Like it shouldn't be like, oh, really quickly go to their Twitter, like hit all of the different team members. Twitter is like going to the discord. Like, is it active? How many users are there? Like if you really, like you're saying, Matthias, like if you really want to do some research, it's, it's going to be like the quality of all of those things. Not just the fact yeah. that they exist. Not just that the team has you know, the resume, not just that the community, that there's a lot of people in the Discord, but it's actually going to the Discord, seeing like the quality of the chat, seeing if, you know, people are engaged. Like you said, if they're enjoying themselves, I mean, kind of bringing it back to Shogun War, like when the floor Mm -hmm. prices were kind of down, you still saw a lot of community engagement in the Discord. And that's kind of one of the things that gave me a lot of faith in the project too, was that it seemed like people just kind of genuinely enjoyed being part of the community and watching mm-hmm. the project grow. And I mean, one of the things that like you and Raijin say uh, so often is like under promise over deliver, right? And that's kind of been mm-hmm. the the constant like chapter by chapter of the project is that there's been so much, so little promising and so much over delivering. And um, I think that those sorts of communities, those sorts of projects are the ones that, you know, will will kind of garner the the best community, the most active community. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, even some of these like, you know, Funks or apes or or whatever have been through down cycles or the you know azukis were sitting at five ETH for a while you know like mm-hmm. these different things like you know this five ETH is still a lot of money but 
if it's down and like in dumps for a little while, you kind of see where the community shakes out a bit and mm-hmm. how committed people are. Um, yeah, you see the true supporters. Exactly. And you see a lot of this kind of stuff like that you need to be checking like, oh, okay, you know, the the founder has 200, you know, or whatever, like has 20,000 followers or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. if you post something, does anybody respond? Um, you know, like real engagement uh, metrics, like like they do with basically, if you're going to take on an influencer for advertising, that's what mm-hmm. they start looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, that was that was the that was the community point. Did you want to touch on the, the Twitter point a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And I was just going to say on the community stuff too, like there's definitely stuff that you should watch out for if you're in the community and you're sitting in there, let's say you're in a project and mm-hmm. you're sitting in there and like these guys come in and they're like, we're, um, you know, we got something bullish coming soon. Eyeballs, you know, I like eye emojis. Mm-hmm. And then like, everyone's like, oh, wow, that's like hype. And then people are speculating and then they come back next week and they're like, oh yeah, something, you know, where we definitely have something big with a new partner, like eye emojis and like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, there's all this like mystery that they're doing. They're really just stringing you along. Like they're, yeah. they, they don't have anything coming. They're just trying to, they see the price going down and they're looking for it something or they're just going to plain rug you like there's no yeah because so much of it is hype driven like you said and momentum driven it's i i think that there's something to be said about a little bit of mystery because i I kind of do like these projects with an air of mystery to them but i think that there's a difference between like mystery being the theme of the project and mystery just being the means of communication especially like a means for driving up the price driving up the hype because then like, you know, all of a sudden that partner is like someone that you've never heard of before. And it's like, okay, like they were just trying to drive up the price. Now everyone mm-hmm. has kind of lost confidence, especially when they do that over a period of like, you know, three weeks where they're just like constantly like, oh, like we have some pretty bullish news like one day. And then a week later, they're like some big name partner eyeball emoji, like you said. And then a week later, like they drop the name and everyone's like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of yeah. times it. I think a lot of these things are real. They they look very similar until you've been, you know, rugged or you've been in the space for a long time and you go like, oh, okay, like that pitch isn't a fastball, it's a knuckleball. Like that it look, you know, whatever. Like exactly. To pull out some baseball analogies and shit. But <laughs> <laughs> to talk about sports for any podcast to be popular, right? Yeah, I love in the Twitter, like sometimes people will, will go on the Twitter threads and stuff like explain this like it's a soccer analogy or explain this like it's a football analogy or whatever, <laughs> like leaving this in football terms, like uh, like basically the quarterback stole the ball and ran away. <laughs> but <laughs> they never saw him again. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it's interesting <laughs> to see how often um, founders will like be in the discord, just even shooting the shit like, yeah, you'll see that with a lot of them, like they don't and it kind of shows like the community can take over um which is kind of another thing i like to touch on on community if you see a project that's um you know we all like decentralization and we're kind of here for that Mm -hmm. but if you see a project that's like shooting for decentralization too quickly it's really actually going to undermine the project yeah it has to have some direction up front right like you have to Mm -hmm. steer even though the the theme of web3 is decentralization like these projects, yeah. they have to have legs. And if they don't, they don't have someone kind of steering the boat before it sails, then they're just going to shipwreck. Exactly. You know what I mean? yeah. it's, it's like trying to plan a vacation with like five buddies and nobody wants to be like the one to pick the hotel. Yeah. And then you just you end up never, you, pay, you you know? just end like, up never yeah. going on the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, fuck it. Like nobody's. So you need like a benevolent dictator in the beginning, in my opinion, where it's mm-hmm. like, 
you're taking feedback for sure. And I was just listening to a podcast with uh, Brian Armstrong about this, but um, you're kind of like, as the CEO, you are, you have this responsibility to basically make the right decision, mm-hmm. take some feedback, but ultimately like it's your company, you know, right? Like, yeah, yeah. or it's or it's your project. Like, you know, with us, like it's our reputations there, you know, um, mm-hmm. even, you know, all these docs, but like the rest of us, like pseudonym, you know, with pseudonymity, like, it, you know, we still, like, if I ever want to be, you know, this, you know, online personality, like, you literally, like, cannot, you know, do a bad job and then walk away from it. You know, people yeah. will remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've talked about a lot, too, is just, you know, your ethos is kind of this graduate, it's like building a house, right? Like, the first project you do is that kind of first brick. You know, the second brick that you get up there, you have a little bit more confidence that this thing that you're building has a little bit more stability, right? So it's like every project yeah. is another brick. Um, and every time you lay one more brick down, I think people become a little bit more confident in the project. Wow, we're really yeah. an- analogy heavy this uh, this podcast. <laughs> I hope just... it makes more sense that way, you know? Like, yeah, I like exactly. To throw those in there. Yeah, but just, I mean, it's, we're actually it's both something... poets. We have no web yeah. experience. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not even sure what this crypto stuff is. Yeah. but I think uh, I think it's it's tricky because you really have to see a few of these pitches. Um, and now we're just doing the analogies on purpose, uh, you know, but. <laughs> you really like have to see these like a couple times to see like there's a different flavor to like when it's like you know they're like i was saying like they're trying to decentralize too quickly they're like oh okay can somebody from the community do like um you know does anybody code here like does anybody you know do this can you do Mm -hmm. that and they're starting to like they're basically just putting responsibilities on the community Mm -hmm. um because they don't plan on doing and and there's a few rugs that have just basically been like that where they're soft rugs and then they're just like oh yeah we're just actually giving the project over to the community meaning we're literally just rugging and leaving and i hope this is like a softer letdown <laughs> yeah that's that's so annoying too it's yeah just like they the, don't leave I, the treasury <laughs> i mean you, your hope like no matter what is that the project that the, the team just sees the thing through you know what i mean mm-hmm. and the team has to have that conviction like you know we're gonna try to we're gonna try to run the ball all the way to the the end zone they're not gonna just drop the ball at the uh the 15 yard line wow these analogies are really becoming purposeful <laughs> i need to stop yeah i know uh, right yeah but i mean uh, you, we'll you just want to with them yeah exactly you just want to have that confidence that the team is actually convicted that they're actually want to uh bring that project all the way to the finish line because if if you are starting to lose some confidence in that maybe it's time to start thinking about whether or not that's a community you want to be a part of yeah, for sure. And I think something to think about too, if you start, I, I like to recommend to people like, you know, if you're not technical, you need to be good with like social cues and looking 100%. for stuff. It's like that you EQ, know, the emotional quotient rather yeah. than like your IQ. You know, if you don't have the technical skills in life, a lot of people can survive off of a strong EQ. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I've basically done on all these projects where I've done well, or even tokens, like, you know, the evaluation side is just like, you look at them, you listen to a podcast about them, like where, where they're on it, you know, explaining their vision, you know, explaining mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, you know, look at the tokenomics. Does that make sense? Okay, good. If the code is, if the code base is still just like completely a rug, it, you know, eh, you're going to fall into it. But that type of founder will show up completely different than somebody that's, you know, in it for the long run, completely committed, you know, and, and just totally different. Like they just show up differently. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and the thing I was going to say too is something to think about is thinking about it from the founder's viewpoint. You should be looking for um, realistically, like how long uh, they're looking to run some of these things. Yeah, you know, especially in like uh, NFTs or DeFi or in some of the um, GameFi stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
is it they want to make this game forever or is it this game is like then part of like there's going to be a next iteration mm-hmm. you can't imagine they're going to run you know uh whatever kind of flappy donkey game fi you know whatever well, for 30 years you've you know? become like, really good at just making up project names <laughs> yeah that's trademark so nobody uh, started that, that project there but <laughs> what was the um, one for the know? last project or last uh, podcast crazy cookie crabs yeah exactly like there's a lot of good ones and honestly these are probably real names and i just don't even know (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah but you know like you can see that where you're like oh how long do you think that um you know this this project or this thing could really go for Mm -hmm. um because realistically none of these guys are going to run it for 30 years you know six months is even pretty good in our year like yeah and it's so. kind of like you know bringing it back to another analogy i think at this point most of our listeners have stopped listening because of all the analogies <laughs> but uh, i think bringing it back to another analogy too it's kind of building that ship you know giving it some direction and then letting it sail you know like i think a mm-hmm. lot of these projects once they have those stable legs once they've you know already established themselves they can kind of sail on their own you know they still need some direction and they still need some oversight but i think that the onus can kind of be shifted you know maybe not entirely but it can be shifted from the founders down to the community at some point yeah for sure and i think a good one good example of this is terra tfl Mm -hmm. um terraform labs you know started terra and and all this kind of stuff but um doe as the founder is very steadfast he'll you know you ask him a question like i mean uh, computer science background too Mm -hmm. um you know stanford grad um like but if you listen to his interviews, you can see like, it's not like when somebody asks him like, well, so what about this? He's like, oh, um, you know, we're really going to just, you know, get feedback from the community and we'll figure, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. kind of wishy-washy answers. He's like, we already thought of that. There's a plan, you know, he might not even tell you what the plan is, but he's like, there's a plan. We have it, you know, or he'll explain like the whole rundown of how mm-hmm. it works. And he's, you can tell the confidence there. Mm-hmm. is not somebody that's like oh, okay good now i'm a billionaire i'm in a rug like i'm gone yeah you know yeah no so. it's true too i mean the team i think a good team at some point has to sit down and talk about you know how do we how do we stabilize this project in a way that we can kind of take mm-hmm. our hands off it a lot more because i mean ultimately i think a lot of teams are trying to unless you're rugging unless you're just trying to make your money and dip i think a lot of teams are are actually trying to build something and then move on and build something else, but not necessarily let their hand be like, all right, like now we want you guys to fail. It kind of has to be like, have we created something that can run on its own? Because if mm-hmm. it can't, then like maybe we should stick around and strategize how we can do that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think like there's other good examples of like Vitalik. Like mm-hmm. I think he's just really good by being kind of unassuming and letting people flourish in the way they want to. And, you know, um, contributing getting everybody kind of contribute he's not so much like a figurehead leader even though he's I, like he's not like a he's not like doe he's a different like flavor of good mm-hmm. leader um but he also has a very specific vision for ethereum you know like it's not like he's gone but he's also making sure it's like you know it's not just him yeah um so yeah different flavors of it and then bitcoin obviously has you know no known known founder well, satoshi <laughs> or whatever but um Something to keep in mind for for a lot of these, being able to identify a good team is key because sometimes they look very similar to a really bad team. <laughs> yeah, no, exa- yeah, definitely. And it's an interesting point that you brought up too about like uh, the different flavor because I think you know another thing too is maybe coming in as a as a project team, you can't be too stubborn about what you want your game to end up like because 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm using GameFi specifically, but I mean, this applies mm -hmm. to everything. Um, I, I know that like with Shogun War, you, Reg, and Ollie, all of you guys have said that, you know, this game has kind of turned out to be something completely other than what it, what you guys pictured it being when you first started. And mm -hmm. you kind of have to have the confidence to be able to work in an unknown direction. You know, like you're working forward to building this thing, you want it to be successful, but kind of a product of maybe resources, a product of, you know, not dilemmas necessarily, but just unforeseen instances that kind of not, I don't want to make this sound negative by any means, but just mm -hmm. throw off the direction of the project. You have to be able to continue to build and kind of have the confidence to keep walking down that path that that you didn't expect to be walking on. Um, yeah, and I think For that's sure, kind of I think that's what you're kind of kind of what you're getting at too, right? It's like you kind of just have to let the project flourish, let it like be kind of mm -hmm. form itself and become its own thing and still continue to work on it and not be like oh well this isn't what we imagined like let's just scrap everything and go back to what we were trying to do in the first place because i think that can be really um that can really halt the project of the the product process progress there we go that yeah. can really halt the progress <laughs> of the project sorry a lot of pr words there <laughs> yeah no i mean it totally like a, a couple points on that i think one is like some some people have different investment philosophies on like where i definitely think betting on the jockey and not the horse. So like betting mm -hmm. on the team, not the idea is a much better system because if you've run a project nine times out of 10, it's not really a lack of ideas. It's a lack of execution that right. really gets you across the finish line. It's, it's like the team, can they deliver? Like, um, and then, uh, you know, if you're betting on like, oh, that's a great idea, but the team's bad, they're not going to be able to get done. And if you bet on a good team with a bad idea, they'll just kind of figure it out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's the it's like what we've been talking about. It's kind of that ethos, right? I mean, I think a team that has yeah. no experience might have a little bit a little bit more trouble executing uh, when they're in on sh shaky ground than a than a team that has that experience and has been there before. Yeah, for sure. And I think with NFTs, especially though, like that, it is it's an interesting area because it's so new um, mm -hmm. that people that maybe don't know what they're doing completely, or this is their first time, or basically like they're just crazy enough to try mm -hmm. do hit home runs. And you're like, Oh, you know, this is a crazy talented person that just was like not discovered yet. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, but those people aren't every project. You exactly. know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of, it's kind of hard. It just depends on, and if you're a VC and you want one out of 10 to be, you know, a mega winner, then you're fine. But if you're retail and you need like, you need to really, measure your bets and you can't really go with that you might need to take less returns for more safety mm -hmm. um and then the other thing i was going to say too is um i think making sure that the team is kind of going hands off at the right time mm -hmm. like so you don't want to go too early but you don't want to go too late where then the community is muted and they're just like okay you know they're looking up to the leaders to be like what do we do next um, yeah you want to you want to engender that creativity there. Yeah, it's kind of like a man of fish versus teach a man of to fish analogy, right? Mm -hmm. like there, there's a right time to kind of let go because you don't want to, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? And like at a certain point, the community is just kind of- I, know, <laughs> I love our just, analogies. It's, just, just it's nonstop them. today. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I feel like every podcast, we're just in a completely different like wavelength than the last podcast. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, no, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean like there, you, you don't want to train your community to rely on you. I think that's an mm -hmm. important note. Yeah, and you have to be open to collaboration without diluting your like idea and your values mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But too with like because we had to do it basically self funded, no no raise, no you know no VCs, no nothing. So mm -hmm. you kind of have to go like okay, what you have to get creative. Like what is fun 
but not expensive. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. there's expensive fun things and then there's non-expensive fun things. And so you kind of have to get creative a bit more. If you have a bunch of VC money and you have a bunch of like runway and whatever, um, or you did like a two, 2.5 ETH raise, like, okay, well, you got a lot of runway, but you have to figure out, you have to play, you know, it play to your strengths. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then well, I, I think, think that the was la- community, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> community. The last one that I, um, the last one that I thought, actually, no, let's, let's hit Twitter real quick. And then we could touch on the last point that I wanted to, to okay, make. Cool. I, w- I was just, I just want to make a comment on Twitter because being around like when, you know, first getting into to, like into um, crypto and you're like looking through Twitter and stuff, um, you have to realize that people fit into different buckets when they're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And and then some of those, like not most of that's probably not good for you. I mean, it depends like what you can glean from a lot of these different ones. But let's say like um, one bucket is people that are just there to like, they're just shit posting um, and they're just fooling around. I mean, maybe they're OGs, maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. With that case, like we are like trying to get some alpha from them and they're dropping it on Twitter. They're most likely not going to drop it on Twitter until they're like even ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um they have probably a discord group chat something where they're already discussing it and they're already invested and they're already set up they're positioned mm-hmm. already they're not really going to drop that like pre alpha on twitter or alpha on twitter mm-hmm. you still can i mean that doesn't make you can't doesn't mean you can't make money on it i've definitely fomoed into stuff like just hearing it on twitter you just can't be last <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree yeah. and the and that that's another important note too that we could probably talk about another time cuz i don't want to spend the entire entire podcast talking about the one article i mean we could and i don't, <laughs> I don't mind doing that because it's all been juicy stuff but um yeah the you know the other point that i was that that i think is important too is like discord management because mm-hmm. just just talking about you know how a lot of the alpha gets leaked in discord first and then kind of makes its way onto twitter when people are ready to talk about it i think uh it gets kind of cumbersome being mm. in a million different channels on discord and there's a lot of good threads out there and maybe we can talk about it on another podcast about kind of how to manage your discord and maybe modify your discord customize it in a way that's uh most most efficient for you to kind of sift through what's going on and still be active in those communities mm-hmm. yeah i've heard of some actually really good strategies where people would set up their own discord and they would basically like plug in other discord announcements into the one discord where they would then just like plow through the announcements and like or or um you know updates or whatever and they'd be like oh okay cool like they're, yeah and you kind of it kind of ends update. up becoming like a news aggregator and you can kind of just sit exactly. through it daily and yeah no i think that's a good strategy and that's one of the that's things probably that like an app or something too. yeah <laughs> it's probably definitely. gonna be like a thing i just talked to ollie about that hey ollie probably already created it yeah <laughs> yeah he has a million of those like ideas he's like yeah that's probably a hundred million dollar company i just don't want to do it i'm like great yep <laughs> well i'll just stay poor apparently okay that's fine ollie. <laughs> very very uh kind of messed up but okay thank you um, um, yeah <laughs> so anyways you want to you want to touch on something we can kind of work away off this unless you had any more points yeah, you want to talk sure. about the one i was going to say and it does kind of tie in but um because it is on twitter there is alpha on twitter mm-hmm. um but it is kind of like the lens with which you kind of look at things in you're seeing kind of public sentiment like people can't keep it out of their um out of their twitter feeds so much you know but you have to kind of be able to like learn to filter that and and really filter it down for something that's like usable. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, yeah, that that's the kind of trick because some of the people. So sorry, the the first bucket is like you maybe could get some alpha and their OGs and you know they're they're you find it faster than some other retail then you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, the other bucket is like they're just paid chills. Like it's just not 
you're never going to get alpha from them and you're mm -hmm. always going to be exit liquidity like you know they're either bots or you find out you know like you can literally pull up how much it costs to pay them to shill the project like it's yeah. very easy you know yeah Jack has and another the, has another note too on that on that subject the subject of twitter i think uh the more and more you are on twitter the more and more you kind of get used to the way you know how how the the machine works um, mm -hmm. so to speak, I think the more and more you kind of start to get a sense for alpha that's not specifically in one tweet, it's maybe the aggregate of perception, the, the aggregate of sentiment that you see, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just going mm -hmm. to one, one account and seeing like, oh, by X pro like this project looks really interesting. Like I'm going to put a bunch of money into it. It's kind of seeing, you know, working your way, like making your own mind map, basically kind of looking at the, the subtotal of tweets that have to do with that project. Like what is the, what is the mixture of sentiment? Is it? Is it forward is it negative forward like one person could think one thing another person could think another thing and it's kind of being able to look at both of those things and develop your own sort of uh investment thesis yeah for sure and another thing i've seen is like where you can follow a lot of devs and just see what they're like they kind of will drop alpha because they don't know not to like they're just like genuinely curious and interested and mm -hmm. and like just you know they want to tell people about stuff so they'll be like oh man this whatever um, you know, I can't believe that people are still using X, Y, Z when, you know, this is coming out and it's actually going to reduce fees and it's going to be, you know, cheaper, faster, better. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that was like a project or, oh, is that out yet? And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, mints tomorrow or, you know, uh, ICOs tomorrow or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, I can actually get in still. Um, but it's, yeah. you have to kind of like filter that stuff down and really kind of see these these coming a little bit more with this kind of repetitions i think yeah definitely no i i think that's a really good point yeah cool oh and then that was gonna lead me to um there's actually a person on here called um so their handle is at punk 9059 i was actually just reading their post um actually before getting on here but mm -hmm. um they were talking about basically that nfts are very momentum driven Mm -hmm. And then she, or well, they, I don't know, they have a, a female punk, I guess, but but they, um, they actually were giving you kind of like stats for it. So they back it up with, with basically with stats. So if you're looking at something, you can look at their chart and, uh, or sorry, she gives you a chart or I'm not going to assume it's a woman. So I'm just going to go with she, but anyways, yeah, let's just um, she. <laughs> yeah like it's, it's just going to mess me up if I go back and forth. But anyways, um, if it's down, so for most NFT projects, if it's down today, it's probably going to be down tomorrow. And that trend will break at some point, but mm -hmm. it's it's most likely. So like on one, I think it was CryptoPunks. If it's down today, then the chance that it's going to be down tomorrow is about 56%. Oh, geez. So, yeah, so it's a big, pretty big difference, right? Like if you yeah. just were like, oh, okay, it's down, I'm not going to buy in. Because contrary to like a lot of like, oh, buy the dip and, and stuff on, on tokens, it kind of doesn't work that way with NFTs for the most part. No, and it's um, it's an interesting point too. I mean, it is it, yeah. it's kind of the conclusion that you know Web three is getting to the point where we do kind of have some historical data to work off of. I mean, I think when that was mm -hmm. infantile, it was kind of a lot of guessing. But it, you know, there's you see a lot of um, you see a lot of teams working together to kind of break down certain NFT projects, and they now that we have the historical data to form sort of not predictions necessarily but statistics like statistical analysis to give mm -hmm. to inform our investing decisions i mean i think you know the investors are becoming a little they have a little bit more power in their hands yeah for sure and i think people that are going to use like 
Nansen to look at things. And you, you do have some tools nowadays that like basically are getting kind of getting the firepower that like the VCs had and you didn't and or mm-hmm. you know like big kind of smart money. Um, because like with uh, Nansen, you can actually track wallets. You can track like you can kind of look through. There, there was a good podcast um, with the Lau brothers and um, mm-hmm. the founder of Nansen on like how they kind of go through things and you can see like so somebody says uh you know like there's a seed round like what xyz project announces seed round by you know a16z and you know three arrows and whatever right and then some <laughs> other ones that are not listed you can find who's actually on it because you find the other wallets and you know like you can kind of track the tokens and you can track their wallets a bit mm-hmm. um so it's good to do that kind of stuff so you can see where stuff's going mm-hmm. um but you know, it wasn't always available like that. Yeah, um, I was gonna mention. Uh, so the same pattern. Um, they say you know same patterns is true with Doodles, clones, uh, Toads, Cool Cats, and many other sets. Um, so if it goes up, though, it's also most likely to go up again the next day. Interesting. So, interesting. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's it's funny. It's like this slippery slope kind of inverted too. I mean. You know, if a project goes down one day, it's a 56% chance it'll go down the next day. And then if it goes down the next day, you know, it's just kind of a slippery slope. But it, I, I guess it does work mm-hmm. the other way too. And then we're seeing that a lot with, you know, like Moonbirds and um, some of the other projects that, that are relatively new, but relatively successful. And uh, no, I mean, I, I think that's a fair, it's a fair, I would. I don't want to say fair point, like it was an idea that you came up with, but it, it, it's. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm a genius. There we go. Yeah. No. It's my, yeah. uh, you know, it's our podcast. We can we can say whatever we want. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, but, no, but it was I should say it's a powerful point. With. Yeah, like yeah. it gives you it gives you some it's more good insight point. into what to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the exceptions to the rules um, were basically Azuki's and Apes, and they were not always they they were not always correlated like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I can pull up. So Azuki's, it was. It actually went 48, uh, 48, 44, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, basically you had down. So if it was down one day, so, so basically it was 48% chance, 48.9, that if it was down today, it would be up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if it was, you know, if it went down, it was actually just going to go down again. It was less likely. And then the up, uh, up day on one day and then up the next day was a 50% chance. So you could, but that's on. So the upside is kind of different. The upside momentum has a different profile mm-hmm. than the downside momentum. I think. Yeah, it's working against a little bit more opposite force. Yeah, it, it's interesting because even if you take like Doodles, um, theirs was if it was up and then up 52 percent mm-hmm. chance compared to up down um, forty seven. Yeah. So, but their their down then up would be like a forty one to fifty five. That it goes, you know, it switches. Yeah, and it leaves down, you. Down, it leaves you kind of. It leaves you kind of wondering what the, the correlation to the uncorrelation. It like the, you know, yeah, that mm-hmm. the certain projects don't correlate with that analysis. It's like, what is the correlation between those projects? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's. I think it definitely has, um, has something to do with. It. You can kind of see people are chasing a bit. You know what I mean? They're chasing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay, like you know, oh, that's a hot project. All right, I'm going in, you know, oh, but I don't know if I'm buying the top and then it keeps going a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm going in. And then yeah. the bottom people find faster, I think, where mm-hmm. they're like, they it's get probably like faster. project lifetime too. You know, at yeah. a certain point, certain projects don't, don't get spoken on as much on, you know, different mediums like Twitter and whatnot. And at yeah. that point, I think that there's a little bit, you know, you have a little bit more working against you for upswings, a little bit more working 
um, against you for downswing. So I, I do think that mm. a, a piece of that is probably the the how long the project's been around for. Yeah, I mean, the buying is buying is faster than selling, of course, in NFTs. Um, mm -hmm. That as well, you know, like you can always kind of buy faster and sell slower. Um, and yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. I think Azuki's and Apes were the only exceptions. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they, you can kind of see that they're a little bit different than the rest of them too. With, mm -hmm. that, with that in mind, it's a little bit different, like the blue chips. Although the other ones aren't blue chips, like clones and doodles and cool cats. Mm -hmm. But when you think of these, it's like, you know, you there there is kind of different brackets i would say a little bit yeah it becomes a more established market yeah and you could say the buyers are different like well you know if somebody starts up a crypto fund um you know they're probably gonna buy punks mm -hmm. and you know and and bored apes maybe they maybe they even skip punks now you know and fidenzas and those kind of things that were a little bit more popular previously mm -hmm. i mean they just go for more of the new school you know bored apes zookies and and like so yeah lots lots of different stuff Definitely not cracked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured it out just yet. Uh, yeah, and, and I think those things kind of start to, you know, and let me know if this kind of aligns with your opinion, but I feel like those mm. projects that ha that have been running for a lot longer, you know, they have bigger investors in them, the value's really high, it's stayed high. I think those projects kind of transition from, you know, a quick profit to kind of a store of value. Yeah. In this yeah. space. It's it's definitely interesting to see like because a lot of these a lot of this is just so fluid that it's mm -hmm. it's kind of wild what kind of can go down to because like you see like somebody posts like uh, you know we were laughing about that I think the other day like if you post something with more than five parts people assume you're a gigabrain and it's just like yeah. true you that's know? why I keep <laughs> that's why I keep all of my threads down to exactly four parts so that yeah. no one thinks I'm Giga Chad. <laughs> yeah people read it and they're like oh this makes sense yeah. and said five parts are like i'm not starting that you know i'm happy. it's either i'm happy for you or i'm sorry that happened to you you know yeah. <laughs> moving on <laughs> that. Oh, good. yeah it's i think it's what's really interesting about the space though is that it's so young and so new um it does feel like a gold rush like people mm -hmm. can make it you it's a little bit of like the you know they get sentimental or something like the american mm -hmm. dream of like okay anybody in web3 really can make it whether it's in DeFi or crypto or whether it's in DeFi or tokens and stuff like that uh, mm -hmm. or nfts sorry um but you know it it will get harder and harder so if you're thinking about it getting into it you need to get into it now because yeah. you know there's people i'm sure that you talk to at investment banks and stuff like that that mm -hmm. these guys are smart they are sharks they're driven um they maybe just haven't had that light bulb go on for them mm -hmm. to where they see it um, but they will, it just will just be at some point, And then that's who you're competing with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just has to have some life to it. I think that's the thing. Like it needs to have some time and some, some proven, um, proven profits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that I, like I one guy flipping like, an yeah. NFT for like a million dollar, uh, profit is not, you know, one person mm. doing it, even like a thousand people doing it, it's not going to be enough for a lot of people. It's got to be like this proven thing that works for X amount of time. Right, exactly. I mean, you have to have like models and strategies and like, you know, mm -hmm. hedges that you can rely on. Like, how do you, how do you hedge against your moon or your moon birds going down? Yeah. Like, I don't know, sell, sell one, I guess, like buy one and sell one. And then you know, like, yeah. That, yeah. like, it's not really to get that easy cost to back. do. Yeah, exactly. And then how do you do that with like, you know, a hundred million dollars? Like, well, yeah. you can't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, and so then, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that's interesting that it kind of shelters 
Web3 quite mm-hmm. a bit is that the scale isn't there for people like big institutions to really take advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a good time for people to really like if you're ingrained and you really put in the work, you can actually make something really um, pretty big of it, big out of it for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had one project I wanted to touch on real quick. If, if yeah, let's do it. To that point, yeah. yeah, I'm down. We got, we got. I think we can run over a little bit anyway, so we're fine. Yeah, we're, yeah, we'll definitely. Lose. We have no time limit. No one's, no one's watching exactly. us, telling us that we can't go over an hour. <laughs> it's just um, for us anyway, so yeah, we're good. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this project I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, I think that card NFT card games are starting to become more popular. That you know, there's already a couple projects that are on the market but one that i thought was really cool the artwork kind of the idea the mission statement i did a little bit of research on their discord did a little bit of research on the website um it's called nine tails have you heard of it no i haven't yet what is so it? they they released their genesis nfts already um but they're doing their first phase release which is going to be another set of nfts uh may 7th through may 10th um and mm-hmm. So it's an NFT card game. The Genesis NFTs already dropped, like I said. They're trading at a floor price right now on OpenSea of 0.9 ETH. Um, so they don't have crazy big volume yet, but they do have like a really like, you know, we were talking about websites and how like the UX on the website, the design can give you a lot of insight into the team. Yeah. It was built out really well. And I was reading, like they just have a lot of information on there, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to digest. They have, you know, what the game's going to look like already i think they already have the alpha out they they have you know like what the game mechanics are going to be which are still being established but they have like a basic set of rules the game board looks really cool the it's uh it's a ubisoft artist that's that's heading the artwork um oh wow so it, it actually looks it, it looks really cool the genesis nfts are, are pretty cool too on OpenSea, but the idea is i think what kind of grabbed me um, just like another strategic card game, but their mission is to make it, you know, not a pay to win, but um, a play to win. And they want strategy to be the driving force on if you're making if you're making money in the game. And so, like, obviously, mm-hmm. you, I, I'm not sure if you, um, you know, like you put some you put some of your token. They have a token. It's NIT. If you put some of your token into a pool before the game, and then whoever wins gets all of it. I'm not sure what that mechanic looks like necessarily, but the idea is that you know you win, you get their token, and you cash out, right? And it's like they yeah. really want the game to be strategy forward instead of just like just mindless and like you know I paid for the best cards, so like I'm gonna win every game that I play. They really want to make it fair for anyone that comes in. Uh, but it is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the skins, all the cards, everything's NFTs. So you own everything. Um, they're doing their phase one. Uh, the phase one and Genesis NFT give you a bunch of benefits, um, like airdrops, free entry to weekly tournaments that have like pretty big prize pools. I think they're saying like the total prize pool for the, I don't know if it's the first tournament or the first couple is going to be 500000 So that's pretty, $500,000. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah. They do in-game earnings boost if you have the Genesis or phase one. I think they have a phase two coming out too, but with less benefits. And then the other thing I thought was interesting too is all Genesis and phase one holders will get dropped a pretty decent portion of their NIT token, which I think uh, the Genesis get like two and a half percent of the pool and the phase one get like five percent. And, you know, even though that sounds like uh, the phase one's getting more, it's just because there's more volume to the phase one. Uh, it's kind of like with Battlefly. And yeah. so um they're estimating i think they valued themselves at like <laughs> i always love saying value the value themselves um, <laughs> i think they're valued at like 20 million dollars or something like that 
Um, and so it ends up being around $1,000 per Genesis. So if you break out the math, it, it looks like you you basically recoup like 40% of your costs if you buy a Genesis, if you're under the assumption that you actually, that that token is actually worth $1,000 when you get it. Um, yeah. And then the phase one gets about $220 back of their costs, which I'm assuming, you know, those those will probably go, go for less. So it might work out to be about recovering 40% of your cost. So you're, yeah, so your potential loss if you buy one of these is about 60% if you assume that that their valuation is right. I mean, it could be higher, it could be lower. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just feels like there's, it feels like there's some upside to this just strictly rely, relying on their mission, strictly relying on the art, the quality of their team. Like I said, they have a Ubisoft um, artist that's heading their art. Uh, they have a really, they have a pretty big team right now. Um, I, if I were to guess, I'd say they had like 30 people on their team. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so it seems like they have, they have some strength to their team, which will be good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I looked at the the board, they release what the board looks like. It has like kind of a weathering mechanic. Uh, it looks animated, um, which is really cool. Like, I think a lot of the online card games kind of get boring when you're just playing on like a table. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I think there's going to be some animation to the game, which should be pretty fun. Uh, the they have a lot of cards that are going to be in the game, so it, it leaves it open to a lot of strategy. And it's a concurrent card game, so instead of like taking turns, you're going at the same time. Um, and they have like energy or some form of energy in the game, and like you know, one card costs more energy than another. You have to wait for your energy to recoup, and then you can play, you know, your really strong cards. So like you could take a bunch of damage from the other player, and then at the very end, play a card that takes all your energy and essentially defeat them. So it it does look really cool. The cards look. Um, really well made and the, the game mechanics which i read a little bit into seem like they are open to strategy and the game could become really complicated so yeah i think that they have a lot going for them but that was one project that i thought was really interesting so may 7th is when phase one uh is minting dropping alpha phase yeah. one may 7th uh, I, yeah, I think the, I think we're seeing a lot of these like card games and different games that I think will be kind of like nicer. I, I think like the history of like video games is kind of playing out again in Web3. Um, and we're kind of in the card game, Magic the Gathering, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and um, a Pokemon card phase of GameFi. Um, mm -hmm. I would say our game is probably closer to like chess than it's going to be like... Um, mm -hmm uh like a pokemon or something like that mm -hmm. um but i think i think the layer that we had that we or that we have now that we don't have previously is the social layer that right like you know you never owned part of pokemon or you know a part of nintendo or you mm -hmm. know you couldn't own part of magic the gathering you couldn't you know so now you kind of you can have that financial incentive but also you you know if you're on discord a lot and you're talking to the community it's the same as like having all those friends at school that played pokemon or magic or whatever mm -hmm. but now it's like everybody and there's you know ten thousand people so it makes yeah. it a bit more fun as well exactly yeah and you you know like there's a you, you could know the person that you're playing against rather than just playing mm -hmm. an online card game and you know like just having like a chat box or something like you could get pinned up against someone on discord that you talk to you know all the time or something like that yeah no it is yeah and and i i would urge anyone that's listening to the podcast to go check out the project um it i i had never heard of it before i started looking it up i saw it in a tweet and then kind of just you know was tripping down the rabbit hole and got uh got pretty deep on their website and it, it looks really cool so i'd urge anyone that's listening to check it out and kind of uh you know like we said before develop your own investment thesis 
Yeah. Start seeing those pitches. We'll th- throw in as many analogies to string them all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stay off those, I guess. Maybe, maybe we'll save those for next time. I would love someone to go through our podcast and count how many analogies we use today. And then, oh, yeah. You know, like we'll have to do that like a like a, a ticker. <laughs> It'll just go at the same time. Like, do, yeah. do, 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 just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that was it. That was it for me on that project. Uh, if you want, we can we can start closing it out. Yeah, no, let's wrap it up. I think that's pretty good. So uh, like if we open up another thing, it'll be like another, we'll be like 20 minutes deep. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Matthias, you want to ask the, uh, the whitelist question? Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about this a little bit and I mm-hmm. think um, there was one I want to do earlier based off one of these. Um, I, I want to basically hear if people think um, or, or why people think that basically floors will rise faster or like they rise in fast so fall, but they don't, you know, the down days aren't always followed by up days. You know, it's most likely to be a down, down day than it is mm-hmm. a down up day. So why is it, um, you know, flip your own thesis and give you examples or, or, you know, just tell us what you think. Um, but basically why do you think um, that there's so much momentum in NFTs that we don't usually in um, DeFi? Why do you think there's so much momentum? uh in nfts that is the essay prompt right away um <laughs> no that, that was a good one i think it's a thinking man's question it's not well go up or down so i like that yeah um, and so yeah <laughs> rules rules to the raffle uh answer that question in the i'm going to post a twitter thread with the um spotify and youtube link to pod this podcast episode and in the Twitter thread, just reply, comment, retweet the, Twitter, the, the tweet, and you'll be entered into the, the raffle. And just make sure in the comment section you answer Matthias's question about why we think when a certain project's NFT goes down one day that it's more likely to go down the next day. Yeah. And don't forget to leave us a like or, you know, a like or a review. That always helps out as we're, we're growing, growing the podcast, getting this out to more people. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, just to uh, just to reiterate, we are on Spotify now, guys. So you don't Big have time. to have a YouTube video open <laughs> while you're while you're driving anymore. You can you can listen to us on Spotify and, and make it that much easier. And maybe <laughs> it's like when a you're real podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd like to listen to my voice twenty four seven or while I'm running, <laughs> but uh, maybe one of you guys does. <laughs> oh, we keep it erratic enough that it's like uh, you know keeps people interested enough. We're not yeah. too uh, straightforward, but yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Some fun stuff happening though soon, but. Yeah, that's all pretty much for me. Good pod. Yeah, and uh, I think we forgot to mention that whitelist giveaway is for Bubble World, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, if that wasn't clear. (laughs) Yeah, if that wasn't clear from the beginning, now that we're at the end of the podcast, the whitelist giveaway is for Bubble World, which, like we said before, is a really interesting project. We talked to the team. We like them. Uh, Like Matthias said, he's investing in them. So obviously he believes in them. Um, And I got a a really good sense from them too. So it's it's exciting. They allocated us some whitelist spots. And we're going to be raffling some off in future podcasts. Um, and like and like Matthias said earlier on in the podcast, that we're partnering with them through Shogun War. So will be really interesting yeah. to see. My recommendation, get whitelisted and then figure out if you want to mint. That's the best route because you don't want to figure out you want to mint and then you can't get a whitelist spot. Because these are we had to kind of wrangle these um, as many as we could for the community because I know people are going to want them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> most of these are going straight to the community. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, cool. Anyways, had a great time podcasting as usual. Good talking to you, Matthias. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah. See you next time. Bye, guys.